Welcome to Word at Nine, a podcast dedicated to lifting up the voices of student preachers at Yale Divinity School. I'm your host, Christy Stang. Today, I'd like to welcome Christian Roberts as our preacher. Christian was born in Norwalk, Connecticut in July of 1997. He grew up the oldest of three siblings in Atlanta and attended Johns Creek High School, where upon graduation, he became the first student from his school to attend Morehouse, and he graduated in May 2019. He majored in psychology and graduated cum laude while a part of the honors program. Christian was also a member of CHILL, Counseling Humans in Life Lessons, ACTS, Actively Changing the World Through Service, and the honors program, where he served on the executive committee. Christian is a class of 2017 inductee to the Academy of Young Preachers, and he preached at the conference three times from 2017 to 2019. Christian is in his second year at Yale Divinity School, where he serves as the class representative for the Andover Newton program. Christian also serves as the youth pastor of Christian Tabernacle Baptist Church. After graduating from Yale, Christian wants to work with at-risk youth and raise awareness about suicide. He's also interested in philanthropy, missionary work, community outreach, and one day hopes to pastor a church. Christian led the youth ministry at his church, New Hampton Baptist Church, located in Atlanta, for two years. And during this time, he also served as the lead youth and young adult advisor for his church's conference. Additionally, Christian simultaneously served at the Breakthrough Fellowship in Smyrna, Georgia, He was the youngest staff member in either church's history. Christian has a passion for serving Christ, ministering to God's people in unique ways, and doing his part so that people from all backgrounds and walks of life can find fulfillment through salvation in Jesus Christ. Before we get into the message today, let's sit with our scripture passage for this episode. This is a reading from Judges chapter 1. Verses 1 through 7. Now after the death of Joshua, it came to pass that the children of Israel asked the Lord, saying, Who shall go up for us against the Canaanites first to fight against them? And the Lord said, Judah shall go up. Behold, I have delivered the land into his hand. And Judah said unto Simeon, his brother, Come up with me into my lot, so that we may fight against the Canaanites, and I likewise will go with thee into thy lot. So Simeon went with him, and Judah went up, and the Lord delivered the Canaanites and the Perizzites into their hand. And they slew of them in Bezek ten thousand men. And they found Adoni Bezek in Bezek, and they fought against him, and they slew the Canaanites and the Perizzites. But Adoni Bezek fled, and they pursued after him, and caught him, and cut off his thumbs and his great toes. And Adoni Bezek said, Three score and ten kings, having their thumbs and their great toes cut off, gathered their meat under my table. As I have done, so God hath requited me. And they brought him to Jerusalem, and there he died. The word of the Lord. Christian, thank you for bringing your voice to this space today. 
It was the author and motivational speaker Steve Maraboli who said, letting go means to come to the realization that some people are a part of your history, but not a part of your destiny. This is such a powerful and relevant quote because of the fact that life is a series of interactions. We cross paths with people every single day. And in the process, we form bonds and relationships with some of them, whether it be people that we work with, a person that we're dating, or a friend or friend group that we've been attached to for a while. But as our good friend Steve points out, this doesn't always mean that they are meant to stay around forever. Sometimes relationships have expiration dates. Sometimes bonds need to be dissolved. Sometimes people have to be released. However, just because letting go of people is natural and necessary doesn't mean that going through with it is simple or easy. This is a reality that is seen with Gideon in Judges chapter 7. However, to really appreciate what's happening with Gideon in today's text, we first have to do a little bit of a rewind. You see, the book of Judges is a cycle. It's a recurring story of the children of Israel. Things generally play out the same way throughout the entirety of the book. The Israelites obey God, then an enemy catches them slipping and conquers them. And then after this happens, the Israelites cry out to God for deliverance, and God raises up a judge. Then this person comes through clutch and brings the Israelites to freedom, and they live happily ever after until the cycle restarts. And on the fifth go-round, Gideon is the man of the hour. He's approached by the angel of the Lord who tells him that God has chosen Gideon as the next deliverer of the Israelites. And after a powerful exchange with the angel and accepting his call and following a series of instructions, Gideon is set to lead the Israelites into battle against the Midianites who had been bullying them and putting the smackdown on them for a good minute up to this point. And as Gideon is preparing with his army of thousands of men to go into battle, God drops something on Gideon. He tells Gideon that there are too many folks with him for God to provide the victory that Gideon is looking for. God lets Gideon know that before he can achieve what he wants to, some of these people around him have got to go. God follows up on this bold proclamation that Gideon has too many men with him, with an instruction. God tells Gideon to announce to the men that whoever is fearful and afraid got to bounce. So Gideon does this, and Gideon loses more than half of his men. And when I read this, 
it almost seems like God's doing Gideon dirty. I mean, after all, isn't it normal to feel a bit uneasy about going into war? And was getting rid of all these people just to weed out the men who are overwhelmed really worth it? I've come to the conclusion, however, that it definitely was. Especially when we see the importance of releasing people that have unfruitful attitudes. Because while having negative emotions is okay, and while staying positive 100% of the time is never possible, a key reality about us as people is that we can't help but to conform to the mindsets and attitudes of the people that we have around us. And just as the men around Gideon that were afraid would hurt the confidence of the other men that were present, the people that we put in our lives that always have a mindset of dysfunction and misery will rub off on us. Being around lazy people will make it hard for us to work hard. Being around prideful people will make it hard for us to remain humble. Being around insincere people will make it hard for us to be genuine. Being around covetous people will make it hard for us to remain content. Being around nosy people will make it hard for us to mind our business. Being around argumentative people will make it hard for us to be agreeable. Being around self-absorbed people will make it hard for us to esteem others better than ourselves. Because the attitudes of the people that we are attached to makes a deep impression on us. Gideon follows through on God's orders, but then God follows up with further instruction. God directs Gideon to bring the remaining men down to the water and tells him that the, the men who lap up the water like a dog have to go. And once again, this seems so random on the surface. Why does it really matter how people drink water? What's the big deal? What's the problem? Who cares? What makes it so important? Why is God bringing this up? Why would God be focused on something that seems so arbitrary and just irrelevant? However, I believe that we get a new insight into this when we consider that the way that people fill themselves matters. And while in the case of Judges 7, these men were filling themselves with water as if they were dogs, there also may be people in our lives who fill themselves through improper means. There are people who look to fill themselves through chasing after status and possession. There are people who look to fill themselves by gossiping and tearing others down. 
There are people who look to fill themselves by indulging in sin and the pleasures of this world. And these are people that we need to release. Because when we have people who look to define and advance themselves through the shallow means of the flesh and who put stock into things that are superficial and who emphasize the carnally based aspects of life rather than the Christ-centered aspects, it hinders our vision. It takes our focus off the big picture, off doing for others, off serving God, and it turns it to the things of the flesh. And if we want to avoid this fate, then we have to make a concerted effort to make sure that the people that are a part of our inner circle find fulfillment the same way that we do through Jesus Christ. So Gideon does as he's told. And in this process, Gideon goes from having thousands of men to just having 300. And if I were Gideon, I would be tripping out right now. I would feel overwhelmed. I would feel uncertain. And I might be longing for the time when I still had the people that were no longer present. Because it can be hard to part ways with those that we've been linked to. It can be difficult to walk away from the wrong person, even when we know that it's necessary. And going through this process can make us feel like we are in a losing position. Like we are missing out. And we live with the hurt knowing that things will look different for us moving forward. And when we feel this way, it's so important that we remember what God tells Gideon after he separates himself from thousands of men. The Lord says, by the 300 men that lapped will I save you and deliver the Midianites into thine hand and let all the other people go every man unto his place. God reaffirms to Gideon that those that are left with him are all that he needs to gain the victory. And this is a word for those of us who wrestle with the thought of releasing people that deep down we know aren't good for us because we aren't sure how we'll manage without them. God seeks to bring us to the understanding that we don't have to just cling to whoever is available. We don't need to remain connected to toxic people just because we have a history with them. We don't have to fear being single or not having a crew to hang out with. Because on the other side of separating from those that God is pulling us away from, we will still have all that we need to win the battles that are in front of us. With or without that person, 
with or without that group, with or without that job, God will still lead us to victory. And for someone under the sound of my voice, it's time to gain the faith to walk away. It's time to put enough trust in God to let go. Because we will reap more than we ever imagined on the other side of the release. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This has been Word at Nine, a podcast dedicated to lifting up the voices of student preachers at Yale Divinity School. Thank you for listening.